Mike Munsford. I am the editor-in-chief of GGR. Uh, as we've discussed in prior podcasts, we are going to give you the correct web address. That is greatgeekrefuge.squarespace.com. That's our awesome and fantastic website. Uh, with me today, as always, is Vic Azim to my left here. Uh, Hello. Vic is one of our newest contributing writers. Uh, he did an awesome article right before Christmas about the best Christmas movies, uh, which still, the line that your parents told you that Santa Claus was real and then he died because he crashed into a house delivering presents makes me laugh every time I read it. And Listen, like, I have an announcement to make. I've been nominated for a Pulitzer Prize for that article. It's pretty impressive Wish work, me luck. the fact that we, I mean, one of the ten people who have read our website yeah, exactly. has been a Pulitzer Prize uh, nominator just, or whatever. Not a big deal, just nominated. It. Haven't won yet. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying that. Yes. But it's an honor to be nominated, really. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah. I mean, Nobel yeah. Peace Prize was good. This and then, was, yeah. oh, <laughs> me and Obama, so they're having lunch together, it was all right. Yeah, so. talking about your article. Yeah, talking about Christmas movies. Yes. Because Obama actually thinks that Die Hard is, in fact, a Christmas that movie That was his favorite, well. I asked him. That yeah. was his favorite Christmas movie, yeah. so... And uh, also with us today, as always, is Steve Monick. Steve Monick is our, I would say, our head contributor um, on GGR. Writes an, uh, a lot of great articles under the name Steve Rogers. Um, definitely check the website out. Read some of his articles. Um, start with the 25 superheroes to athletes transition. That was probably like, my favorite one to write. Yeah. It's, I mean, a little crack.com-ish because it's list format. But God, it's just a... little one-hitters about superheroes with their particular skill sets, what sports they'd be great in. So there's some easy ones. Yeah, too. I mean, like, obviously, Green Arrow, Awesome It, Archery, yeah. but some other fun ones like She-Hulk and the WNBA. So there's a lot of just little jokes <laughs> in that one. That's a, that's a fun one. Um, but for the reason why we are here today, we are going to finish up our rewriting Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars prequels to be specifically. When we last left our heroes, um, <laughs> Anakin um, had just found out that Palpatine was kicking the Jedi Council out of Coruscant. Um, and the reasoning for this is the Jedi Council was not the altruistic um, good guys as they were in the original trilogies, um, or the original prequels as they were seen on, on the big screen. We kind of rewrote them a little bit. Um, Yoda's no longer in charge. After episode two, uh, Yoda was really, really disenfranchised with the way things were going. He didn't think that the Jedi should be running a war. <laughs> Great warrior! <laughs> Wars not make one great. <laughs> so he left and put himself into exile on on Dagobah. A conscientious objector, I believe, is the term. Exactly. Yeah, he, he's. Exactly. I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm just going to walk away. Exactly. Exactly. And Mace Windu, um, which we all discussed, that he Samuel L. Jackson, being Mace Windu, uh, just was underused and underutilized. He's an amazing actor, and they barely like scratched the surface on what he can actually do as an actor. And we're going to put him in a much better role this time. He is now the leader of the Jedi Council. And he's more militant. He's more like, this needs to get done. We need to do this. And he uses these Jedi, some of them being very young, Anakin Skywalker being one of them, as his soldiers. And Palpatine puts out on the press conference that, hey, this was wrong. You weren't supposed to be doing this. You, You sent children off to war. Many of them died. Many of them were maimed. And he's like, you know, hey, and I have a, um, a source here that shall remain nameless who's told me about the way that he was trained and he was you know abused and he was mistreated and this is something that cannot stand and we can't have you part of the council anymore and one thing i wanted to ask you about to to clarify with that relationship Mm -hmm. um in the actual prequels the way they were filmed they set up where anakin was officially like some kind of jedi ambassador working with the chan like with the chancellor palpatine and then in episode uh, three. And, and they and he put him on the council and it was yeah. all very tenuous is yeah. it official like that in yours or is it more going to be 
Anakin and Palpatine are just friends. They just are, are they know each other. He sees him almost like a father figure. Exactly. Uh, but there's no official capacity or And there's no yeah, because with that it, it gives too much credence to oh we think uh, we think Palpatine's evil. Oh, we think Palpatine's evil. No, the Jedi are not going to have time to think about that. There's a massive galactic war going on. They're putting soldiers into places. They're putting all of their chess pieces where they need to be. You really think they're going to have time to wonder, hmm, I wonder if the guy who's running the government right now is a bad guy or not. Because the only way that you would know that is if like, you were actually the guy writing the script. You yeah. know that he's evil because you made him evil. They're not going to have time to think that. Because there's what, maybe like... Uh, 200 Jedi, 300, something like that yeah. in, in the area, and they have to be yeah. scattered about yeah. for the war to exactly. a number of different systems. And that's a bigger point in this one, too, is that the Jedi are beleaguered. They are wiped out, man. They've been running this war before the clone troopers even showed up. And it just makes way more sense when you see that the Jedi are are beaten down and tired because they've essentially been fighting a war with um, militia members, like whoever they could find on the planet to fight these robots that are coming in to invade. And now the Jedi see all these clone troopers coming up in, uh, in Episode 2, which if you read the website, you'll see all of this stuff there. Um, <laughs> that They're like, great, stormtroopers, you guys are trained, you guys are clones, Ready you guys are go. fantastic, and you follow all of our orders? This is great. They would never even question that in the least bit. The only reason you would question that is because it's part of the story, and that's why these prequels originally sucked in the first place. Because you, you forced people to do things that didn't fit with their characters, like Padme and Anakin falling into love without actually explaining why they would be in love, which Just we covered right. in the first one. Because the plot says it has to be, so it is. Exactly. And I like the idea of there being like a film noir, a Jedi detective, something like that. It's one of those spin-off movies that Disney's playing to do in between the main ones. Like There is a story that you could yeah. do there, but it... It didn't fit in the in second two, one. No, it didn't it did need to be there. It absolutely did not, yeah. no. And, and again, in the story, if you read it, I mean, I, I cut that completely out. Like, they know exactly what's going on. It's more of a, hey, we've done our research because we have this crack team of, of guys who can figure it out, and we know it's this guy. So Anakin doesn't, or, I'm sorry, Obi-Wan doesn't have to spend half the movie, like, detectiving all around. You know? Yeah, it's almost I, like George Lucas, like, while he's writing the script, was, like, watching Blade Runner. It was like, <laughs> hey, that's a really good idea. I'll just write that. I'll just do... Harrison uh, Ford uh, and I are cool. Crappy version yeah. of Blade Runner. Yeah, let's Harrison Ford. I can't get Rutger Hauer, so I'll just pretend that Boba Fett was Australian the whole time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so going back to, going back to episode three. We, we see this happen. We see that the, the Chancellor's really moving parts now, and Palpatine has really got his plan in place, and you see what he's trying to do in getting the Jedi out. And Anakin sees this, and Padme sees this, and she's like, holy crap, what are you going to do, Anakin? And he's like, I, I don't know, but i got to do something. And she's like, look, whatever decision you make, we need to take some time off. We need to go back home to Naboo. There's amazing things that I have to show you. She's already had the twins at this point. The twins are in the care and custody of her brother, Owen Lars, who lives on Tatooine. Because now you don't have to make it this weird forced relationship. He's actually their uncle. He's actually Luke and Leia's uncle. So now when you go back and you see that Leia was on uh, Naboo, and actually that was another thing that we changed too. And I got this from a, a guy who does an amazing um, videos on YouTube. It's, it's Belated Media is, is his yeah. name. If you look on Facebook, the guy does great stuff. He decided that instead of making Naboo a separate planet... And having Alderaan get obliterated in episode one, uh, in uh, A New Hope. I have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of Alderaan. Continue with the operation. You may fire when ready. 
and it not really making sense because you had no emotional attachment to it, you make Alderaan and Naboo the same planet. So instead of Padme being from Naboo, oh. she's from Alderaan. Oh, wow. So there's because no Naboo at all. Like no. all the stuff that happens on Alderaan. quote unquote Naboo is not all. Wow. It's all Alderaan. Yeah, which we don't need no Naboo. I agree. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes it emotional attachment to the yeah. to the planet now. But Leia's on Alderaan the entire time. She actually grows up on Alderaan. But now, too, another thing that that completely bothered me is in Return of the Jedi, Leia says. Luke says to Leia, do you remember your mother, mother, your real mother? And she goes, just a little bit. She died when I was really young. If what we saw in the prequels makes sense, that means that her mother died when she was three minutes old, and she remembers that. It's the will of the force or something like that. Some some silly garbage. It's a little anatomy and physiology. and I think humans really don't start forming memory, per se, of, like, events yeah. at the earliest until, like, 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Somewhere so in that range. Force transcends that, though. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you make Luke and Leia, like, three. She must have a lot of midichlorians. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Space, Space STDs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the soundbite you did for that was... was oh, oh, my God. God. That was so funny. Um, anyway, she's on Alderaan. Luke's with, you know, crazy Uncle Owen... In, Learn how to be a farmer. Exactly, yeah. He's on, on Tatooine. Because then, it's not really a stretch for him to just live with them all the time. I go and visit these guys all the time. I get to stay with them. Little kid logic. Okay, cool. Yay. I know that he's my uncle, but that's that's cool. I like staying here. He's too young to know or care about any of the events that are going on around them. He's just a little kid. Exactly, yeah. So, she's like, hey, we gotta go to Alderaan. We gotta go home. We gotta go home. And he's like, look, I know. He's like, but there's some really serious stuff here I gotta deal with. We flash out. We already talked about how um, Obi-Wan is off fighting... Darth Maul. Um, my one of the things that I actually enjoyed the most writing was having Darth Maul and Obi Wan actually being sympathetic characters to yeah. each other. They're and two sides of the same coin, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And we have we have Obi Wan finally defeat him, and he says to him, "You know, I'm doing this because you killed my master, and you deserve to die for that." And Maul kind of accepting his fate, but Obi Wan respecting him. And after this, realizing how awful all of this stuff is, going to resign from the Jedi Council. He goes to contact the Jedi Council, but it's essentially like those old movies where you try to make a call and a switchboard operator is like, I'm sorry, but the Jedi Temple is currently busy. Like, it's the old dial-up signal, like they're trying to call a fax machine or something. Exactly, yeah. And he just can't get through to them. And the reason why he can't get through to them is because Palpatine and Anakin are actually at the Jedi Temple talking to Mace Windu. And here's where we pick up on the new stuff. Um, Anakin walks in, he sees that Palpatine's already there talking to Mace Windu, and Mace Windu is flipping it, out. He, it's a heated conversation. Oh yeah, and personally, the reason I wrote this is because I wanted to see Samuel L. Jackson lose his mind. I love when Samuel L. Jackson is mad. Who does it? In a movie. Like, that is the best. The highlight of many movies. And just him screaming and yelling at, uh, the, at the Chancellor would be fantastic. Now you've seen how bad things can get and how quick they can get that way. Well, they can get a whole lot worse. So we're not going to fight anymore. We're going to pull together, and we're going to find a way to get out of here. And then going back and forth, and Mason Windu is saying that, you know, we deployed these Jedis because you told us to, because we had to fight this war. And Palpatine just very smugly being like, oh, no, well, I never said anything like that, and I never told you to put children into battle, blah, 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 blah. And, like, oh, is it Ian McDermott who played? Yeah. I mean, he can play the yeah. reserve. Like, the whole time, yeah. like, the good guy's the one that's screaming, and he's just sitting there like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just cool. This is what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, and Anakin walks in as the shouting match is happening, and Windu turns and looks at him, and he's like, you, and we all know what word he would be saying right now, because yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, it's a word that we don't want to say on the podcast right now. But he looks at him, and he accuses Anakin of being the informant, and he says, you know what, you're done. 
forget the suspension. Give me your flipping lightsaber, man. You're out of here. You're done. You were expelled from the Jedi Order. And Palpatine looks at him and he goes, no, 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 no. Don't turn on your lightsaber. Don't worry about it. Don't surrender your weapon. I warned you that they were only concerned with your, uh, with your power. And now that I'm taking it away from them, they're becoming angry and violent. You are the balance of the Force, a truly enlightened warrior. And Palpatine looks at Windu at this point, and Windu's like, holy crap, that's word for word, the prophecy that we said that Anakin was, the balance of the Force. This dude, or this mofo, yeah. knows, knows the prophecy. <laughs> and he's like, holy crap, he's the Sith Lord that we've been looking for the entire time. He's orchestrated all of this. And it dawns on him in like, a minute, like a second he just sees it all and he's like holy crap we just fell right into what he was wow. looking for us to do Man. and that's so much more powerful and I love how in the prequels existed they're all like yeah there's a bad guy but it's like clouding our vision we don't know what's going on and it makes them seem like such yeah. horrible Jedi like just dweebs that can't do their own job yeah. this way it sets up he just basically gave them so much to do with this yeah. war that it overwhelmed them. They just they weren't even looking at their exactly. own government. And so when he reveals it, it's a little more of a of a, of a punch. It's a little yeah, more powerful. Yeah. yeah. We see we see Anakin look at him and he's like, No, I'm not giving you my saber. Lights it up. He's like, Why don't you come take it from me? And we get like Anakin starts getting a little About, cockier. Yeah. And we get a really good fight here instead of like um, the Pal- yeah, Palpatine exactly. and, and Mace Windu fighting for thirty seconds. Which was lame. And you see you see Anakin and you see Windu really, really going at it. And the Chancellor's just watching and enjoying every single second of it. And Anakin eventually overpowers him with his anger and aggression. And he catches him off guard because after he killed Count Dooku at the beginning, he kept that lightsaber as a trophy. And he's got Windu like on the ropes, he's overpowering him, and then he pulls out the other lightsaber. And Windu never even saw it coming, and he chops him in half. Oh, man. And it just it makes way more sense because... If you're going to be that dark guy that we want him to become, Darth Vader, because secretly, let's just say this, we all knew who he was going to become, Yeah. but the best part of that movie was watching him actually do it. And that's the problem with, again, yeah. I, I feel like I keep saying, like, that, yeah. well, well, that's the problem with the prequels, but yeah. um, I felt like he just decided when, when Palpatine was like, dude, do you want to be a bad guy? And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go kill some kids and do some bad guy <laughs> stuff. That's... That's that sounds right. like a good idea. I appreciate this job offer, sir. Like that—that's yeah, basically exactly. all he, he offered him. Bad guyness, and he yeah. said, "Okay, this." I mean, from being picked on as a little kid in the in the academy, and all the stuff that Palpatine set him up, it's like it's been slowly over time Gradually. pushing him, pushing him, and eventually this one moment. To me, it's almost mirroring where uh, Palpatine in Return of the Jedi sitting in his chair, yeah. Vader's on one side, Luke's on the other, and he's like, "Pick up your Jedi weapon," and he's yeah. like, "Luke's deciding, should I?" kill the Emperor, should I fight Vader, or should I retain my goodness, you know, it's kind of an internal conflict yep. Th- this is set it up for Anakin to do the same thing, he just decides to pick no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill Windu I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, I've had enough of this, it's been yeah. so long, I'm going to be yeah. a bad guy and we, and we I'm see take that too, mine. and Anakin actually says that too, he says to him he goes, look, he doesn't feel bad about killing him, he's not like, oh my god, what have I done yeah. <laughs> like in the original one, which is so lame, like I get where he's going with it, but then he's like I've done this horrible thing, and then the Emperor is like, hey, but it was cool. And he was like, yeah, I guess you got a point. Uh, yes. Can I be Darth Vader now? Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah, like, that was, that was so weak. Yeah. And this time he justifies his actions. He's like, no, you know what? He knew what was going on with me. He knew these other kids were, were mistreating me and, and bad-mouthing me and beating me up and taking my lunch money. Like, he never did anything about it, so he deserved to die because of that. 
He justifies it in his own head. Like exactly. He, yeah. It's almost like he did something bad. Yeah. And then he's like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I did it because of X, Y, yeah. and Z. And that still leaves that room for when Luke redeems him at the end exactly. where he was like, look, I know you messed up, but I know you're still a good guy. Yeah. You just made some really bad choices. Let me help you. Exactly. And, and Palpatine even asks him, he's like, are you serious? Do you, are you ready to do this next step? Because this is it. There's no turning back. And he gives him the choice. And that's another thing. It was just like, it's now a decision that Anakin makes. It's not a, well, I guess, because I don't want my wife to die. Because that's kind of, I don't want her to, dead, dead is bad. Yeah. Like, and I don't think he realizes that if he would have said no, yeah. that Palpatine would have just, like, lightening him to death. He just exactly. chooses, no, this, I need exactly, to do this yeah. for my family and for the Empire and everything like that. Exactly, yeah. And, and he becomes Darth Vader. He's now the Lord of the Sith. Um and Palpatine gives him this awesome speech, and he's like, they teased you. The, speaking of the Jedi, they teased you, they made fun of you, they belittled you, and you took it because you were taught to be weak. Show them how wrong they were, how corrupt the Jedi have become. Show them what happens when you suppress great power and passion. And he just gets to go through and slash his way through the temple, which could have been an awesome scene, but you only got snippets of it. You didn't get any of the real power and, and like yeah. passion that was there. And we actually see this now. And... I think it'd be cool, like, if if you think about it, actually, like, cinematically. Yeah. The scenes where he's, like, slashing people interspersed with, you know, black and white flashbacks of that kid. It's like you've read the script that we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, that kid pushed him over or something. He disassociates during this moment when he's killing them. He flashes back to this kid, like, kicking him and being like, look at the little slave boy as he, like, chops the kid's head off. Oh, my God. And it's, like, (laughs) and it's, you get a real dark sense of who this guy is. And... How messed up it was that happened to what happened to him, but at the same time too, how far he's gone. Like, yeah, okay, it's wrong that they did that, but you shouldn't really be doing this. Um, Padme sees all this going on. She sees the Jedi Temple like up in flames, and she's freaking out. Um, she talks to her brother, who also another of her brothers. Which again, I'm stealing this from Belated Media because it was such a great idea. Bail Organa is her brother. Bail Organa and Owen Lars are both her brothers because, in a great tie-in for this, is like most Hollywood families, like we mentioned. Padme is essentially a child actress. They have all these different stepbrothers and stepsiblings and stuff like that. You could very briefly yeah. set up yeah. like her parents were nobility and yeah. they have married other people. And it would make sense that exactly. Gail's a senator. And yeah. then Owen's like, I don't want to have any part of this. And exactly. he goes away to Tatooine to have a simple life with the girl that he loves. And right. it would take 30 seconds to set something up like that very easily. Yeah. But even better is... You see the Emperor execute Order 66 and stormtroopers just gun down Jedi. I get it, because the Jedi didn't see it coming and they can't read the minds of clones. That was their excuse. But why do that when you could just have Anakin Scott... Or, I'm sorry, Darth Vader. You yeah. could have Darth Vader go to all these planets and they'd be like, Hey, Anakin, what's up, bro? Slice, and now they're dead. <laughs> that would be so much better because that was what we all wanted. And that's what it was said in the original trilogy. Is that Darth Vader, Vader hunted down and murdered the rest of the Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the rated R version of Star Wars, though. So you can it's it's going to get... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do all of this stuff very subtly and it's still make it PG-13. Yeah, I don't you know can how see boobs in PG thirteen movies now. Like, I don't know uh, how MPA like rates sci fi yeah. violence because I think like yeah. with yeah. lightsabers and lasers, like it's not cauterized. Really. There's no blood splatter yeah. everywhere. It's very it's which is unfortunate because I would like to see some of these yeah. Jedi <laughs> like, just, like beheadings <laughs> with blood. Splatter. Like Kill Bill, like just like arms getting oh, lapped yeah. off and just Tarantino blood doing Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Tarantino Star Wars. Well, there maybe that's what we need to do is have him direct starring Judd Nelson right from the last. What a mashup we have of beautiful franchises. Yeah. Let's, Never get up, Jen Nelson. Let's, let's close this up, though, real, real quick, guys. Um, what ends up happening is 
Obi-Wan is essentially can't find anybody, so he's looking for any Jedi on any planet. He finds one of the planets where a Jedi is like, yeah, hey, I'm here. Obi-Wan, what's up, bro? Let's, you know, let's hang out. Let's talk. He goes there, and guess who's there at the exact same time? Friggin' Darth Vader. And he's like, hey, Jedi buddy, it's nice to see you. Gets, like, towards walking, and then all of a sudden you just see, whoop, lightsaber right through the guy's chest. And Obi-Wan's like, whoa, What? And he sees Anakin behind it. He's like, wait a second, what the heck is going on? If you want to do it on that lava planet, I, I guess, whatever, Mustafar? Yeah. Let's do it there because then you can set up the whole, like, him falling into the lava. Yeah, I mean, he's got to get injured yeah. enough to be in a Darth Vader suit. So, exactly. I mean, that's fine. Exactly. Now you have these two guys, these two friends, talking about what's going on with, uh, with them, talking about what happened in the story, ta- talking about what happened with them, and how it kind of forced their hand. Yeah. And, and I very much want that fight to mirror the fights from Empire and Jedi where there's some action. I mean, they're definitely doing it, but yeah. it's not um, anything that is over-the-top, spectacle, yeah. crazy. There's as much dialogue as there is fighting because then there's the emotional yeah. resonance that you've set up in the three movies. And there needs to be dialogue. There absolutely yes, needs to so be. Much. And you need to have Anakin explain to him, he goes, look, man, I got treated really, really poorly. He's like... He's like, this was a decision that was made because the Jedi Council is, is kind of evil. He's like, not only that, <laughs> they're no longer a factor because I killed most of the people who were the Jedi Council. Um, and Obi-Wan saying, look, I agree with you. I was giving my resignation because I don't want to be part of this anymore. But killing everybody's not the solution. Yeah. And they really go back and forth with that. And, and Obi-Wan can't really wrap his head around it. He's like, I don't see how the same kid that I knew can do what you did. And Anakin's like, if you can't see that, you can't see that was what was wrong, and you're not willing to stand up to it and fight, then this is going to be a really short conversation between me and you. And they kind of draw the line in the sand where Anakin is so upset about what had happened to him and the way he was treated, because he was supposed to be the chosen one. He was supposed to be the one that balanced all the force, but then he got abused and beaten and, and made fun of, and it... And he's built himself up in his head so much, and Palpatine's been adding to that. Now makes sense. That Obi-Wan can't really overcome that. Obi-Wan can't be like, well, no, dude, you're just a kid. Like, just be a kid. Don't worry about being the savior of, of the galaxy. And I think the dissonance between the two, yeah. they both agree that the system is flawed. Yeah. Obi-Wan thinks it can be fixed. Yeah. Anakin is with the Emperor. He's like, no, we need to tear everything down yeah. and rebuild it into this structured empire that just, that way this kind of stuff never happens again. Yeah. And Obi-Wan's like, no, we were close. Yeah. We made some mistakes. Yeah. As long as we correct those, we can build off of what we have. And Anakin even says it, and he mentions it in the, in the, in the um, episode two, Attack of the Clones. Um, not in my rewrite, but in the actual yeah. one. He talks about how fixing robots is so much easier than dealing with people. He likes order. Yeah. He likes control. But he didn't really pontificate on that any further. And you need him to say that. You need him to say, this needs to be ordered. This needs to be controlled. Because we can't let other people screw this up. Like, just being a, a total um, psychopath about it. Being like a, con- a complete control freak saying, you can't trust people to make their own decisions. Which... If you look at our history here on Earth, not in you know a galaxy far, far away, how many people have said the same thing and caused massive amounts of loss of life yeah, and atrocities? Yeah, right. That's what you're starting to see with Anakin. Yes, he's a good guy, but he just went way too far. Yeah, and I mean, he, he takes the ideals of like fascism yeah. and communism and says, yeah. look, look, if, if I free you of the burden of free will and say, like, look, if we do X, Y, and Z, if we set this up this way... Then what happened to me as a kid were all these people who were allowed to make their own choice and they chose to torment me and belittle me and make me feel miserable every single day. That's never going to happen again. And we've got to make sure that 
you know, it's my responsibility to set this up where that doesn't happen to anybody. Absolutely. He yeah. sees it as a structure where it's really mm-hmm. oppression. What what we didn't touch on is before Obi-Wan actually got in touch with one of the Jedi's, he got in touch with Padme. Because him and Padme have been friends. They were friends yeah. since uh, the original liberation of Alderaan, which yeah. was Naboo, but now it's Alderaan. Um, and he talked to her, and she told him about everything. She told him about the kids. She told him about how Anakin's really, really torn and twisted. And this is where Obi-Wan makes his mistake, and he mentions that he's talked to Padme. And Anakin flips it just a little bit. You talk to her. How dare you? You went behind my back. You know, I've known that you've wanted to be with her. I've seen the looks that you've given to her. It's not a, oh, she betrayed me. No, you betrayed yeah, me. Yeah, you Because it's one. not about Padme anymore. It's wow. about the relationship between the two of them. And Padme is seeing all of this because Obi-Wan is kind of like broadcasting this to her because he's, she was like talking and he's like, oh my god, Anakin's here. Let me go see if I can stop him. And then she's seeing all of this and she can't do anything to interact. Now, Steve made the best way ever to have her essentially take herself out um, with space drugs is the term he used. She um, ODs on space drugs. Yeah. She's like depressed. She sees her love of her life and one of her best friends fighting. This whole thing's falling apart. And she sees her, her husband slash father of her children become a, a megalomaniac. And as a child, like, actress, like we said, she's not ever made great decisions. She's no. always been um, a little grandiose, a little no, yeah. um, over the top. Um, yeah. So she doesn't really know how to take so, care of it. So kind of like yeah. Marilyn space, Monroe, almost. Space, like, like space she, Xanax does her in, huh? Space exactly, Xanax, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Obi-Wan and Anakin fight, and I mean, it's it's it, nothing like the fight in episode three, because that was lots of swinging lightsabers around and doing yeah. all sorts of fancy things that you would do with like a, a glow stick when you were a kid. Tied on a string, you swing around, so it makes it like look like a circle. <laughs> they were doing fun. essentially the same thing. I don't want that. I want that like intense fight, like the locking of sabers and like gritting teeth at each other and like talking s to each other, like like, like a five minute fight of all emotion. Exactly, and and he's saying, you know, you were always strong willed and, and headstrong. And you never listened to, you know, and. and Obi-Wan saying to Anakin. And Anakin saying, well, you were always weaker than me. You were jealous of my power. You know, and that's why you couldn't train me properly because you're not good enough to train me. And they just keep going back and forth. And you still have the fight in the same way because Anakin is overconfident in his abilities. And he does that, like, cool little flippy thing. And Obi-Wan, you know, disarms him. <laughs> we gotta have to Disarms say, him, literally. Yeah, <laughs> the same musical score in the background. Oh, God, also. yeah. That was so great. And, like... Yeah. As you can hear in the background right now, we've got the, the um, I want to say it was... Uh, Battle of Heroes. Battle of Heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this was like the most powerful part of this movie. And this is what essentially saves this movie, is that mm-hmm. John Williams could write an, an amazing score for yeah. like any movie. The like, music and how it looked. Exactly. It was very pretty to look at. Yeah, it was. It wasn't as fun to watch because yeah. of the story and everything. You're sitting there like, please yeah. give me something to care about. And yeah. it just never really came. Yeah. As always, a terrible dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So we have this fight. We have that that same moment at the end where he's laying there writhing and I hate you. <laughs> I don't even know if we need to say that. I mean that that worked because he was so angry and he just had any body parts. <laughs> but he's like crawling up with his little robot oh, arm. My brother. Like, I always pictured this. Now it burn. <laughs> I always pictured like him too. Like after Obi Wan leaves. Like him saying, like him like trying to pull himself up and he's like got no legs and no arm and he's got this robot arm and he's like, oh man, the love of my life hates me now and my best friend just chopped off my legs and my arms. It's been a really crappy day. And then all of a sudden he like bursts into flames and he's like, and now I'm on fire. <laughs> like I could just see it as like being the topper, like the icing and, on the cake. Instead of I hate you, it would work better. It would have been, 
help me! Get me out of here! Obi would be like, that, yeah. yeah, actually, you know Obi what? Obi would have helped him if he asked for help. I'm, Vic I'm makes sure. a really good point, too. Like, if he had just been like, no, because you don't have him help him. He sits there and he says to him, like, he's like, he's like, oh god, he's trying to pull himself up, and he's just like, I can't believe you did this to me. And then he catches on fire and he freaks out a little bit. He's like, help, help me, help me. And Obi-Wan just is going to leave and die. And wow. he turns around and he just, like, saddened, like, tears in his face, like, walks away, leaving him to die. Wow. Because then in, in New Hope, and he's like, you should not have come back. Because he just essentially left him for dead. Yeah. yeah. Like, that would be so much more powerful. Just, and then it makes Obi-Wan flawed and fallible, all of which those he needed lines, to be. You know, yeah, I never before understood. the learner, now I'm the master, he really yeah. feels like, I'm the powerful one now, you yeah. have no chance you left me for I never said when it came to life or death, Anakin yeah. not asking for help anymore. Yeah, and rather saying, I hate you, just yeah. choosing to die instead of yeah, exactly. one last. All right, reaction. maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your survival yeah. instinct is going to say. Because now, no. like, not only is it the fire that made him Darth Vader, it's that fire, you know, the Inside. theoretical fire, the actual, like, emotional fire of, you know, he left me to die. And this is the only person left on the face of the galaxy that still thinks I'm worth anything is this guy who put me in, like, the sausage casing and put a little robot hel- helmet on me. This guy's my friend. Yeah. So I'm the only one. The that only thing there that's in the in the, uh, not the prequels, but the original trilogy. Yeah. Does that make Obi Wan? Does that turn the audience against Obi Wan? Like almost he's the bad guy. I don't know because I think you're almost too sympathetic to Anakin's plight. I don't think you've seen the background. You've I, seen I, what I see happened. what you're saying. Yeah, but at the same time too, you you establish at the end of this one that Obi Wan knows that he kind of went in the wrong direction. He went rogue. Because all of a sudden you see because Obi you give a little bit more backstory. You have Obi-Wan sitting there in his plane, and he's just, like, distraught. And he's, like, just, like, bawling his eyes out that this has happened. And then he finds out, news report, you know, because I make television essentially a part of this right. galaxy. Which is an, like, hologram network. They're yeah. watching reports on yeah. it. Yeah, and it shows, it shows Senator Padme Amidala found overdosed and dead. He's like, oh, my God. And he realizes that she was watching this whole thing. So he's lost her. So he's distraught now about this too. But he knows about the kids on the planet. Yeah. So he talks to Bail Organa. He talks to Lars. He's like, we got to get these kids where they need to yes. be. And, and but then it. also too, I think Obi-Wan puts himself in Tatooine in isolation. Just happens to pop on the news one day. He sees Emperor Palpatine and this dude standing next to him. He's like, who the hell is that? And it says Darth Vader. He goes, holy crap. That's Anakin. Anakin's not dead. Yeah. Right. Wow. And like, and then he makes it his role. He's like, look, I left my, my friend yeah. to die. He didn't die. It is my right to protect these kids from him so that he never does to him what he tried to do to you the rest of the galaxy. Seen, have would have seen Obi-Wan's reaction to seeing Darth Vader for the first time as far as like Anakin, what happened to Anakin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you never saw that. That would have been a great, just a moment to see, like... And ultimately, I think you said when they were having the conversation, Anakin and Obi-Wan, in in their fight. Yeah. And you said one line, Anakin said, like, you were too busy doing your own thing to train me properly and everything. So Obi-Wan, while he's on the plane, before he sees that broad... Or after he sees the broadcast of Padme, that he's like... He rededicates himself to Luke. Mm -hmm. And he said, like, basically in his mind, he has this... I'm going to go into this 19-year penance in the desert. Exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to exactly. atone for my sins. Like a, I'm going to make sure yeah. Luke doesn't bef- – anything bad befalls him the way it happened to Anakin because it's yeah. my fault that this happened. Because he is now on the path that Yoda is on. Yes. That Buddhist monk almost like balance of everything, the yin and the yang, the, yes. you know, the middle path where this is the bad thing that I did. I now have to atone for what I did to become a decent person. 
And in, now you have him and Yoda on the same page. Yoda says, this is awful what's happened, but we can fix it. And saying how we can fix it. And it no longer becomes this like very forced, let's cobble this together so these puzzle pieces make sense. You now have it make sense because the story makes sense. Yeah, this is the logical way that things would have progressed from the things that happened. Whereas in the, the existing material, yeah. like we said with like Anakin becoming Darth Vader, yeah. them fighting, it's just like, oh, we gotta hurry up and like tie all this stuff together. Yeah. Um, um, let's show a shot of the Death Star. Um, yeah. um, um, and there's just so much catching up in the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Let's give this baby to this guy. Uh, oh, we don't have a kid. Let's, let, we'll take the baby girl. Uh, there's just all this stuff that just at the very end, let's just make it make yeah. sense. It all makes sense yeah. now. And I am so pleased with the way that came out, especially because, Vic, you threw something in there at the end that, like, I didn't even think about. Like, the whole, like, is Obi-Wan now a bad guy? I think that you make the Star Wars world less about good guys and bad guys yeah. because now here's a, what you can do it's up to the viewer's discretion how you see mm-hmm. Obi-Wan now that's, exactly exactly. that's another layer to it when you go back and watch the old trilogy exactly so. but not only that too it allows us to fix another problem that was done when they re-released the original three movies having Greedo shoot at all period <laughs> yeah <laughs> you no longer have to have Han Solo be this clear cut I'm very good I'm the, the great white cowboy hero yeah. kind of thing because like and, and I don't mean like that in color like Caucasian I mean like like white hat black hat for exactly westerns yeah. exactly yeah that's what I was going for yeah. <laughs> but I mean Han, I mean Han Solo was white but still that doesn't matter um anyways he no longer has to be that like you know these are the good guys these are the bad guys you can have him murder Greedo because Greedo was gonna kill him if he didn't yeah, yeah. and it, you don't have to justify it the shades of gray should be put into a movie and I'm not saying overall with modern movies and everything how they, everything's gritty and everything's like darker and everything. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like that. No. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, even good guys. Like, we're talking about a galactic war. Yeah. You know, not everyone's a good guy in war. And, no. and right. whether you're doing, you know, the, the war on behalf of the thing that is right, you're protecting freedom or whatever, mm-hmm. you still have to do things that are tough, things yeah. that are hard. There are shades yeah. of gray with all of it, so and why can't that be in the movie? The yeah. Jedi Council was big government, so it's like there's going to be some hiccups there that it's not really explored. People are going to be corrupt. Things are going to be done yeah, incorrectly. Yeah, absolutely. Everything in order, absolutely. So. absolutely. So I think that's a really, really good way to bring them all together. Yeah, I think we get on Kickstart, raise some money, <laughs> get this thing going, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I, I would, I would pay money to see. I mean, I'm biased because I wrote it, but like, I, I would love to see this movie. Yeah, I think this movie would be better than what we saw. Um, I think it would make everything tie together much more cleanly. Um, and I mean, I mean, just think about the action figures too. I mean, like, <laughs> you could have just as much merchandise. Exactly. I yeah. You I mean, just as much, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just want to ask one thing uh, now. Yeah. I don't know how, how much this was to talk about, but does your thing have Jar Jar Binks at all? Absolutely not. Because I think that's <laughs> the one biggest improvement. Upon everything, in episode it's the absence of Jar Jar Binks. In episode one, you get that same kind of technology where they have that cool like shield thing that they made. Yeah, but it's not fish people; it's just regular people. Because this is all they're on now. This isn't Naboo. So you don't want any racism in your movies, is what you're telling me. You don't want like black stereotypes like they had with Jar Jar Binks. Or... It's yeah, or like that crazy Asian stereotype they did with, with the, the fish people. people. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah exactly. Like... Have one scene where Anakin goes crazy. And just kills Jar Jar. Just <laughs> right there. Get the, the fan service that everyone wanted there. I just wouldn't. I, I wouldn't even cheer, man. Just, I wouldn't even. Inc- I wouldn't even include him. I wouldn't even put him on there. Like have him explode. One scene where he explodes. Just have him explode in the beginning. Like, <laughs> none of this exists at all. Like yeah, absolutely. 
But there you have it. Um, that's how, in three easy steps, you can fix the Star Wars prick metal. Um, <laughs> it, it's fans. Fans love things. We love what we grew up with. We love what we watch, and we can become attached to it. And that's why I spent so much time and effort working on this, because this is the kind of thing that I would want to see. And I think, by proxy, you guys would want to see, too. So let us know what you think. I mean, we've got this great website that we created, you know, greatgeekrefuge.squarespace.com. Go on there. There's going to be a place for you guys to mention, uh, make comments, make anything uh, on the podcast. Let us know what you think. Let us know if if we're on point, if you guys would be on board with this as well. If not, if you think I'm stupid, let me know. I mean, I, I love the criticism. Um, we want to hear your versions, like exactly. the episode one and two articles. Like, yeah. read through them. How would you do it? What points would you add? What would you take away? Um, just fun to have that conversation and see what people would build on because, just like Mike said, Vic brought up one very cool little, like, a one-liner where he says, help, and that changed everything the way Mike was looking at the ending. So, exactly. yeah. Yeah. you know, Absolutely. we can't, one person can't think of everything. So it's really fun to hear what other people think about it as well. Yeah. yeah, story by committee. I like it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Um, well, actually, this is it. We, we're going to wrap this up. You get the John Williams music at the end. Oh, yeah. Tell us that this is the end of a Star Wars May the uh, Force series. be with you all. Yes, indeed. May the Force be with us all. Um, stay tuned. we got some more great stuff that we're going to be talking about, guys. Peace. Peace.